What's up, everyone? This is Dean Thomas. Today on the MMA on Sirius XM podcast, myself and Anthony Smith are joined by UFC featherweight Billy Quarantillo to discuss his UFC 282 win. Plus, Anthony and I discuss the state of the light heavyweight division and Anthony helping Jamal Hill train for his title fight. All the way in Tampa, I think. He'll clarify in a moment. Billy Q, you on the line. Yes, sir. What's up, boys? Thank you. For, thank you for having me. Man, what's, what's up, up, man? Brother? What are, you doing? are you in a wind tunnel? Uh, no. Hold on one second. I'm on a speakerphone. Hold on one second. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, man. How you. are you, man? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm just driving over. I got this like little thing I got to do here in Tampa. But yeah, man. Uh, everything's great, man. I thank you guys for having me. Well, congratulations on your win, man. Like, is it what you expected? Yeah, you know, well, I mean, obviously, I was hoping not to get busted up as much. It was definitely the worst uh, I've gotten cut up in a fight. Um, but I knew I was going to be able to go in there, wear him down a little bit, and break him eventually. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened. Well, I, and I gotta, I'm going to ask you about this because I used you as a reference the other day in terms of body language. And a lot of times I think body language is such an important aspect because not only does it show the judges that you're losing, but it also shows your opponent that you're losing. But there were moments in that fight where you were just ice cold. And even though you might've been getting banged around a little bit, your body language always looked fine. And you always look like, Hey, no problem. I'm still in this fight. Where does that come from for you? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's probably something that I, I definitely train because I always tell my guys, you know, the guys that I'm bringing up that, you know, never show your opponent, you're tired, never show them you're hurt. Um, so it's probably just years and years of, of with that mentality, uh, getting caught up like that and being in the type of fight that I was in, it probably had a lot to do with, with that, just that, that, that training that I've gone over for years and years and years. You know, Billy, I, so, uh, I trained with Alexander, uh, for, you know, I trained with Alex for a while and I, I got a lot of respect for him and, and, in his game and, and kind of how he approaches it. So it was, it was really, really impressive for me to, to watch kind of how you were able to deal with all that. When you looked at him as an opponent, what, what were you guys talking about or, or looking at, or what were the things that you're worried about? Um, obviously I think that it's probably a little bit known, um, that he's had some conditioning issues in the past. Is that something you guys were kind of talking about as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I went into the fight, man. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of respect for uh, Hernandez. I think he's a super tough guy. I think he takes a lot of heat from the whole uh, Cowboys, the Cowboys Cerrone situation where he, you know, took that fight. He was on a winning streak and he kind of got into it a little bit, you know, was, was saying some kind of disrespectful things for a cowboy, but that was years ago. And I think he learned from that. Um, and going into this fight, I, I knew he was super dangerous. He's fought nothing but killers. He's fought, you know, uh, Moicano, Cowboy Cerrone, Drew Dover, all, the list goes on. So I knew he, I knew he was going to, one, not only accept the fight, but also bring the fight to me. A lot of first-round knockouts, a lot of first-round finishes. Um, so he, he was super dangerous. Um, so we went into this fight with the attitude of, okay, may, whether the first round goes your way or not, just make sure you make him work the whole time, make him wrestle with you, make him grapple, make him strike, make him move, make him work. And 
worked the body a lot, which I was able to do. And I knew that if, if I was able to do those things, if he couldn't take me out in the first round, if I was able to make him work the whole first round, the whole second round, that I would be able to break him. And it worked out in, in sense of the game plan. It worked out perfectly. Uh, obviously, I didn't expect to get uh, bloodied up and, and leaking all over the place. That was a, a perfect elbow that he landed. Um, but besides that elbow, the whole the whole game plan basically was perfect. Was there? Uh, what, what do you think of him coming down to to forty five and, and you being you know kind of that that first guy that's got to figure out what he's going to look like there? Because and I don't mean this with any disrespect at all, but you're you're like me in my weight class. You're you're a longer kind of lankier guy and and. You know, like neither one of us look like we're muscle bound freaks. You know what I mean? But Alex is a shorter, stockier guy. Was there, you know, was there any issues there as far as, you know, feeling like he was stronger because he was coming down or anything like that? Uh, no, I was, I was anticipating it. I was anticipating him being a really strong 45er, but I knew we both had to make 146 uh, the day before. So I knew that he was going to have to lose a little bit of that pop. I knew he was going to have to lose a little bit of the power. Um, I was hoping for the best, at, like in terms of being able to, you know, him not being way bigger and stronger than me. Um, but I was, I was assuming that he was going to be a, a super big, strong featherweight. Um, but luckily, I fought, you know, I fought guys like that before. You know, Shane Burgos was a massive forty-fiver, so right. going into that, I knew he was going to be big and strong. But I was anticipating that it was something that I dealt with before. All right. Well, I think you dealt with it <laughs> absolutely fine. Obviously, um, now looking forward, you you've been in some barn burners, man. Like when when Billy Q is on a is on a card, it's definitely one that I'm absolutely going to watch. That's for sure. So, so with that in mind, and I'm not the only one that feels like that. You know, that's that's the reputation that you've earned. What looks like fun to you, kind of moving forward? What's your what's your goal? Do you have a name? Is it more of a position? Is it a is it a date that you're more worried about? What what does the future kind of in your mind look like? Yeah, so I definitely want to be super active next year. Um, I, I got injured earlier this year, so it was, it was a long year of dealing with injuries and not being able to fight as much as I wanted to. I only had the one fight this year. So what I'm looking for in the future is obviously these next couple of weeks, I'm just going to spend some time with my family, relax, have some downtime, uh, let my face heal up. Um, but then I want to get right back to work and – Ideally, for me, it would be a top 15 opponent. Um, I'm looking at, I would love to fight Edson Barbosa, who's just a legend of the sport. He's been there with, been in there with everyone. Um, that would be, that's the, the top name right now, I believe. Um, I would love to fight in either my, I, I call them my two hometowns, either Tampa or, or Buffalo. I grew up in Buffalo and I've lived in Tampa the last 10 years. So those would be, those would be like ideal situations. But anything that, brings me closer to a belt, anything that gets me a bigger platform, um, puts on an, an exciting fight. And I think there's a lot of guys where I could have an exciting fight with. Um, those are kind of the things that I'm looking at and the kind of things we're talking to. Um, but yeah, top 15 opponent brings me closer to the belt. I think Edson Barbosa is the perfect choice. Cause not only will it be an exciting fight, uh, but it'll just be, uh, it, it'll be, it'll give me an opportunity to step up in the rankings too. Yeah, no, you know, I'm glad you actually brought up the, the you know, you being injured. I remember, right, when I was researching the card for last weekend, it was like November of last year was the fight, was your last fight, yep. right? Or was that correct? Yep. 
I think sometimes it gets missed. Yeah, yeah. So I think that gets it gets missed sometimes by the fans and and even us as analysts sometimes. Um, how hard and and much of a struggle it can be to kind of come back from an injury, especially when you've been off for a year. Like it, it's tough when you haven't been in there in a while and you're not in the groove and the fight week is a little bit unfamiliar and and you know, just those first few seconds of the fight are a little bit stressful. You want to talk about that a little bit, just kind of the struggles that you kind of had to battle back from and, and what that was like? Yeah, it was, I mean, man, super stressful, especially we had, uh, I had my first child four months ago, so it was. Congratulations. Uh, situations were, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was one of those situations, you know, not fighting for this full year where I was basically just living off, you know, feeding my family with sponsorship money and, and that kind of thing. So the pressure of not fighting and not getting, you know, a continuous paycheck um, was huge for me. So going into this fight, I, I felt like there was a lot more added pressure and that it, it just made it, you know, obviously every fight's super important, but it was even more important that uh, go out there and get a win and get, get a bonus and, you know, make up for the, the lack of uh, fights this year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm, I got one more. Sorry, Dean, to cut you off. I got one more follow up. Do you feel like uh, maybe I'm getting too deep in the weeds here? But so I, I've always told my coaches and my management team, if you, if if I have a full bank account, I'm the most dangerous guy in the world because I'm not, I'm not stressed about the money and I don't go into the fight with, with you know, other things on my mind. If I can just go in and fight, and I'm not worried about the paycheck. It makes me very dangerous, but I also have teammates and and friends in the game that are almost the opposite. Like the second they're they're a little bit stressed about money or a little bit stressed about the opportunity, they it's like it, it gives them a superpower. What side of the fence do you find yourself on? Yeah, I, it's, I mean that's a great question because most of my career it was uh, it, it it was the kind of like you know I need to make money. But also, I, since being a fighter and going through the years as an amateur, as a pro, I've been able to kind of stretch my funds and not really worry about money. Um, but uh, this fight in particular was, was kind of that first one where I think it made me hungrier because now it's like, all right, now you have a child. So now it's like, all right, not only are you stressed, the reason that you're stressed is because you have to feed this child and you have to provide for him. So now it's, it was a whole different ball game for this fight. So I'm going to talk to you about the featherweight division. And I think sometimes the featherweight division gets overlooked and I think unrightfully so, but your champ's not doing anything to help it by going up to lightweight to fight for that title. But in the featherweight division, now we've seen a new face and that is Ilya Taporia. What do you think of this? Uh-huh. Yeah, Kaporia, he was uh, he's someone I've been watching for a while because um, I'm boys with Ryan Hall, and I know Ryan Hall took that fight. Super explosive, super tough dude. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely a, uh, a force to be reckoned with in the featherweight division. Um, he's he's a, a very tough opponent. I actually have not seen the Bryce Mitchell fight yet. All I did was hear about it because I was in the back end stitched up when they were fighting. Um, I was actually talking to Shiga uh, Sean O'Malley. We saw him. We saw him at the after party, and he mentioned it was just a banger. It was a you know really good fight, but that he looked super, super. You know that Taporia just looked so good. So there, I mean.
mean, a lot of people said that me and him would be a great fight. It'd be nothing but fireworks. Obviously, I would have to do my homework and come into that game plan super prepared. Um, so yeah, he's just. Uh, I think there's. I think the more the more killers in the division is better. So I'm just looking at it like you can't take any days off at the gym. You better make sure you're on point because there's a lot of guys that are uh, super good and that I want to make sure that I'm, I'm one of those guys that are talked about too. Well, man, one last thing for me, it's the holidays, man. What are you doing for the holidays, homie? Oh man, that's uh, that's, it's good, man. It's always good to fight right before the holidays. Um, I am just spending time with family, man. It's the most important thing for me right now. Um, I got my whole, my wife's family that lives in Tampa. My whole family or my parents are coming to visit me uh, here in a couple of days. And uh, yeah, man, just, just relaxing, letting loose, not, not, not worried about, no, not worrying about fighting, not worrying about MMA, just being with my, my kid and my wife and my whole family. It's a, uh, you know, I'm getting older, so it used to be like, you know, going out and partying and doing this or that, but now I kind of figured out the important stuff, and it's, it's going to be a lot of downtime and, and resting up and recovery. Well, listen, man, you enjoy, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on and speak with myself and Anthony today. You are a banger. We love watching you fight. Best of luck to you in the rest of your career. I can't wait to see more, and come on anytime, my man. Oh, man, thank you guys so much for having me. I'll definitely be back soon. All right, Billy Q. Take care, brother. Peace out. All right, like, and thank you. Take care, Andy. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Billy Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. So back to what we was talking about before, Anthony. So this breaking news that you told us that you wanted to release. All right. Here it comes, yo. I'm going to tell you guys. I'm just kidding. I can't ah! tell you guys. Oh, man. I got so excited. I was good. I got so excited for a minute. That was Well, I, I can give you a little bit. I can give you a little bit, actually. Okay. There, there's a whole lot of other things attached, but I am still fighting in March. Okay. All right. I mean, we. Yeah. I kind of expected that. Like, I couldn't imagine them being like, you know what, we're going to shuffle all this around. We know your fight's in March, but, you know, we're not going to give you anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a long yeah. time. It's enough time to get somebody else in yeah. there. So, so I'm, I'm still fighting in March. Yeah. So I, that's good. Good for you. Yeah. Are you yeah. Are you still um, Are you still going to be training with Jamal Hill? I am. Are you? I love that. I am. Yeah. I love I'm going to go help him out. You're going to go help him out? I'm going to go help him out. Yeah. Uh, Jamal dude, Hill's I, a good dude, right? I got all this, he's a good dude, man. I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Um, and if you know, if we got to fight down the road, like it is what it is, you know what I mean? Like it's all business. So I, I have all this fucking knowledge just bouncing. I can't even do it all, but <laughs> like I have all this knowledge in my head and in my brain. Like I don't always get to show it. 
in my fights, I don't always have the, the, I don't always get the opportunity or the ability to, to unleash it all or, 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 or even tap into a, a, a I wouldn't even say a, a small portion of it, but I have, that's all I've done since I was 17 years old. It's the only thing I've ever done. Like yeah. I fought these other side, you know, I've, I've worked these other side gigs, but they were all to fund myself in the interim while I was trying to make this work. So it's all I know my whole adult life. So yeah. I, I, I had a great experience with Jamal Hill, uh, in New York. We were at MSG and him and I knew we were fighting each other, but no one else did. And we stood there, you know, we had a couple drinks with each other and we, we talked about life and family and kids and, and our journeys and we're, we're cut from the same cloth, you know, and the man's got six kids that, he, that he's a great dad to. And yeah. he, I don't know. I seen that passion. So like, will him and I fight at some point in time? 100% we will. But right now I, I see a man that wants to do everything possible in his power to change his children's lives forever. If I can be a small part of helping him make that happen by giving him some insight that I have from, from my experience with Glover, um, with my jujitsu game, if I can give him just a little bit of help that can maybe make him a little more comfortable or, or, or help him ease his way out of a position that maybe he wouldn't have been able to before, then I'll do it. You know what I mean? And, and maybe he'll have the opportunity to change his kids' lives forever. So that's what it's about, man. It's like all this fighting shit to me is kind of fake. Like, this is my life. This is all I know. This is what I do. So it's, it's not like a, like, I have no problem setting it aside and to be very candid where I'm going to help him at. He knows that I'm better there. I know that I'm better there. Like if we fought a year from now, it wouldn't matter. Like if I showed him a couple cool things that are going to help him with Glover, like he's not going to pick anything up for me. And I'm not like where it's very specific. You know what I mean? So like if we fought a year from now, he can't close the gap in our jujitsu between him and I in a year. So it wouldn't matter. And, and listen, I always tell people, like, if you train with somebody and then you got to fight that person, if you bring the same exact game to the, you deserve to lose. You deserve to lose. Like, yeah. like if you, like, really, like, if you're like, oh, man, I've been working on this, like, you deserve to lose if that's the same game mm-hmm. that you have that you've been using a year ago with, with a guy. Exactly. So, like, you need it. I'm a it different fighter job. every six yeah. months. Yeah, you, different it's guy your job to really keep developing new skills and to be better each time. Um, but I will say this. If you help Jamal Hill out, I think that you would be a huge asset to his camp for Glover Teixeira because, like, I don't know who is who all is in his gym, but grappling is very difficult to prepare for when you don't have a grappling like that type of pressure. Like you can, like you can do pads and you can bring and you can spar and get tired and spar. But when you don't have that type of grappling pressure on you, like that is huge. And I don't know if he has that in his camp because he does come from a small place. So I think that if you do show up and help him out, you might be the reason he becomes champ. Well, because I'll, I was t- leaning- I'll tell you this, yeah. like I'm, I'm very confident in this. There's, and again, it's not one of those things that I get to show all the time because I just don't end up in that position a lot because honestly wrestling is not my strongest part of my game and I don't shoot lots of takedowns. So like mm-hmm. there's not another 205 or 
in the division that's got heavier top pressure than me. Like right. Glover is the only one. Like he might be the only one. But like I'm a hundred percent confident that if I was able at any point in time to stick anybody in that division on their back, that's just where the fuck they're gonna stay. And and I I think that I could be an asset to to not only Jamal, but a lot of people, you know. Yeah. There, there's a lot of guys in my gym uh at Factory X here in here in Omaha that that go into fights completely confident that no one is going to ever hold them down the way that I have. And I think it helps a lot of them in their, in their fights. And I think it'll help Jamal. Because I, I was just thinking like, you know, Glover has, and has been training with Alex Pajero for a while. Right. So mm-hmm. he's got that kickboxing, that tall kickboxing look that he's been, you know, grooming and developing and working with. And like, he's going to be used to that. Like now I know Jamal Hill's a Southpaw, but he's still, you know, evident still the same you know you're dealing with a tall long striker right um but in terms of grappling man like you might you might be the reason man like i and now knowing this this is information for me to go man this fight could be a lot closer than i thought because i was leaning towards glover just mm-hmm. because of the fact that like his top pressure and we don't know how jamal is going to respond to that we don't even know if he has that to train with but you being in his camp could be the difference in his fight man that is that is powerful well, there, there's a couple things that Glover does a little bit different too, that maybe the the regular eye wouldn't really notice. But like, just I'll give you one example. I don't want to pull the curtain too far back, but like, Glover likes being inside control, mm-hmm. right? But he usually his takedowns usually falls into half guard. Now, what does everyone do to stand up or try to stay safe from half guard? They shoot under hooks. Yeah, Glover is a master at passing to side control from the underhook. So like the thing that you're always taught day one jujitsu, get the underhook from half guard, get to your hip, come up. Like you can't do that because he'll use it against you. Mm-hmm. So like he, Jamal's going to have to know, I can't use the underhook because he's going to pass me with it. So you got to go to a frame. It's yeah. little shit like that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And it's always those little things that can block so much more like it cuts it at the root of the tree so that it doesn't right. expand anymore so like this so you don't end up like Yuri Prohaska like everyone's yeah. like don't let him go to mount don't let him go to mount well in order to not let him go to mount you have to stop that motherfucker in half guard and you got to yeah. be able to get up from there like yeah it's not about defending the mount defend the five steps before the mount that's the yeah. that's right. the issue you go right. to the frame on the takedown uh, even the, even the takedown attempt, everyone wants to like shoot under hooks and they want to swim under, they want to get chest to chest with Glover. Bad idea. Like yeah. he's going to shoot the single leg and he's going to climb up your body. If yeah. you frame him right away and it, it's just little shit, I guess I'm getting in the weeds now and I'm yeah, nerding yeah, out, yeah. but like if you stop it there, you don't ever have to worry about the mount because he won't right, get there. Right, right. You know, if you stop it at the half guard and, and that's the things that like if my whole brain is just overloaded with this shit and I don't ever give it to anybody. So, hey, hey listen, I know, I know exactly how you feel. That's I'm in the same position. Sometimes I'm like, man, that's why I, I just show up to random gyms and be like, all right, man, who wants to learn today? <laughs> yeah, because you got to get it out. Like, <laughs> I got to get it out. I can't, I can't hold out. on to this stuff. I'm like, I see so much. I, I know I got so much in my head. I got to give this to somebody who wants to learn today. Yeah, I'm, I hear you. <laughs> and I know you probably feel the same way because, like, where at yeah. this point in your career, like, you've done so much, you've been through so much and you're continually you're still learning and so you're a true student of the sport and i think that's what makes us different from other people is that we're 
we're like we're like college professors that still study and still want to learn and still are seeking uh, more information and knowledge and still want to share. I, I think it's I think it's amazing. But you got to make room for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much shit a, a human brain can absorb and hold on to at one time, but I'm running out of fucking room. So I, it's like I feel like I, I I purged some of it, you know, and and I, I don't know, man. I just when he asked, it didn't seem weird. I know everyone else thinks it's kind of weird, but I, it didn't seem weird to me. It's not, you know, it doesn't like, seem weird to me. Either. Yeah, whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, if y'all fight, then y'all got to just come on and do you. something different. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I'm a different guy every six months anyway. So, you know, I add things. I take things away. I, there's some things I'll, you know, like, I just am like in this perpetual, like, rotation where, you know, like, now I'll come back to something that I used to do when I was, like, 20. Like that yeah, I haven't been doing yeah. in a while, you know, like just keep on rotating that shit out. So it's not a big deal for me. But I, just, Kelly, I just hope Glover's not mad at me because nah, I've Glover, always been Glover's so friendly. With, Glover's a yeah, He too. gets it. He yeah, gets Glover's it. As, and Glover and I are never going to fight again. So like yeah. the, I, I just don't think we will. I think that if he wins, I think there's a large chance that he retires right then and there. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. It, yeah, for sure. Like I don't see a better way to do it. You know what I mean? Win the title retire as champ because nobody wants to go out on a loss you know what i mean and like how many more times is he going to be able to defend it you know what i'm saying like if glover wins he's got uncle he's got yan again he's got me coming back up he's got racket he's got you know it's like just sit down sit down old man (laughs) yeah yeah right MMA on SiriusXM is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Sirius XM Podcasts.